good night, and welcome to the weekend show. Oh, hey Gareth. I'm still kind of sick. Gareth's still a little bit sick. Yeah. We missed last week because I got sick. And then I more or less recovered, but then I went for a walk wearing shorts at midnight, and then, well, that went as about as, much, as well as you would expect, so I was kind of sick again. And I'm, I'm kind of over it again, but you made me leave the house, so you never know. Well, Gareth, people need to hear our voices. Well, you were you came today, you were like, oh, I'm going to go to the, the very illustrious podcast The Week Studios, and you were like, I'm, I'm okay with that, I can sit at home and I watch the Arsenal game this morning. And then you were like, no, wait, actually, we're taking you to the very unillustrious The Weekend Show Studios. What's that noise? That's the toilet. Oh, is it the neighbor's toilet or your toilet? I don't know. I hope that was picked up on mic. You just heard that blur blur. <laughs> what a wonderful way to start a podcast. Yeah, with toilet noises, which is usually what comes out of Ken's mouth. Yes, as Gareth said, we're back to full service this week after my holiday expedition and a one-week hiatus, which was not planned due to Gareth being a baby. I believe it's called expedition. Well done. Yeah, okay. Did you I'm... enjoy your holidays? Did you have a nice time? Yes, I'm glad to be back with you, my expuberant co-host. Expuberant. <laughs> it's the best thing. We'll explain about that later. Yeah. But yeah, it's good. good holiday. I'll get into it a little bit in a second. Okay. After I tell the good people what we're going to do this week. There's a great show, Gar, in case you're interested. Have we ever just said the show kind of sucks? We keep listening. Yeah, the show is like pretty mediocre this week. But if you wouldn't mind still listening or you've already clicked listen, so people will see the listen. So we don't get the stats for how long people listen. So you can just click the button. We'll see where you're from. And that's all we get from you. Exactly, and it will hashtag bump our numbers. Well, you only care about the numbers. Numbers with a Z, by the way. Would you like to be able to see how many people listen to this show? I, might, I do. How far people listen into the show? Yeah, like, sorry, that's what I meant. Uh, yes, but those are numbers that are not available to me. Like, YouTube has those numbers. I look at them on the Impact videos all the time. That, it's like, how long did people watch this video for before they bailed out? That would be fairly depressing, though, possibly. But yeah, it would be like four minutes. Four, if we got four minutes out of the average of this, and I'd be impressed. As I said, I, I, like, if you look at Facebook numbers for Facebook videos, it's like, average watch time, three seconds. <laughs> it's like a five-minute video. It's like, come on. The attention span is getting shorter and shorter amongst our, our youth today. Mm. Well, as I said, there's a great show, or possibly mediocre, in store this week. Full of nonsense and whimsy. Peak whimsy, you might say. Is everything peak something these days? Yes. Okay. What will we do? What do you think we should do this week? What we do every week here? Try to take over the world? Or try to take over the podcasting world? We've been doing that for a while now. This podcast is three years old. Yes, but still only somehow has 55 episodes. Shut up. <laughs> so we're going uh, to shoot the breeze for a while. Mosey on down to a few news stories that caught her eye while we were away. And then we're going to review the latest Disney live action reimagining of a classic animated character. Christopher Robin. Oh, bother. Well, it's a, it's more about Christopher Robin, but it's, it's, it's a poo film, basically. Oh, bother. Oh, bother. Winnie the Pooh. Duh. That's a deep cut for no one that's listening to this podcast, but if they do, good on you. Fair play. <laughs> but before that, Gar, how was your week or several weeks? Because we recorded two podcasts in a row. So it's like been four weeks since we... Basically been a month, yeah. Yeah. Since I've had to talk to you for longer than three or four minutes. Harsh. I know. I well, I did not very little. I've watched a lot of the West Wing again, which is the second time this year. I I finished rewatching all of the West Wing and then I started rewatching the West Wing again. <laughs> I sure really, I haven't found a show I've loved in a while. I think that's the problem. Is this your third rewatch? Fourth. Oh my god. Mm. 
The second we watch only goes as far as season four, though. Didn't go all the way through. You didn't go to the distance? Mm, it's not Hercules. You're not Hercules. Turn your computer off of standby mode. <laughs> I like the danger. For the listeners, uh, every time his computer, he's, he leaves his computer, if he leaves it idle for too long, it goes on standby, which it shouldn't while it's running a program like Audacity. That's neither here, neither here nor there. But yeah, every so often he has to flick the mouse so that the, the audio isn't lost, like our first episode back was. Well, at least I've learned my lesson and we've had full podcast glory since. Okay. Hashtag podcast glory. How was your holiday? Good, yeah. That's That seems like a good... The, the higher pitched good, you say, the worse the holiday is, I'd imagine. No, it's not, it's not that. It's just that I don't like... It's almost like, don't get me wrong, it was a fantastic holiday, but like I almost don't like talking about it because it's over now. So it's like, this reminds me of the fact that it's over. Oh, SummerSlam? Good. Did you have a good time? Did. Nicole went... My girlfriend went to her first wrestling show. Mm-hmm. She enjoyed it for what it was. Gar, I told you not to leave your phone on. Yeah, shut God up, Dave Hodson. Stop getting on to me. God damn it. Constantly vibrating during the show. Mm. Don't have your full attention. I'm always vibrating, Ken. Yeah. But we had great seats to SummerSlam. The atmosphere was good. Like, the, the Barclays crowd is usually up for it. Although, kind of fairly muted this year, I thought. But it's, It does really show the crowd. It's bordering on revolt at all times. That's really the benchmark for a WWE show these days is if the crowd does not revolt. I think it's partially the revolt, but it's also partially the fact that... They don't care about any of the characters. There's that, but the fans are the same fans that go every year because it's been in Barclays Centre for a few years. I don't buy that theory. You don't, you don't buy it? No. People have spouted that. They spouted about the impact zone in Orlando all the time as well. It's like, oh, they get, they get it over and over again. And I'm like, if it's good, they'd be like, heck yeah. They were super into NXT, weren't they? Yeah. They're always super into NXT, and then the next day, when they're there for that seven-hour show with characters they don't care about, all of a sudden, people are like, why are they revolting? Why aren't they making noise? I kind of, I'd push back on that a little bit, because there is a kind of a certain wrestling fan that goes almost as a pilgrimage, like, you see the same people going, and they don't see, like, it's... Like you? It's not because they want to go, it's because they feel like they have to, or it's like, kind of prestigious to go to these events, or to say you were there, so I don't know. But it was good. It was good live. I don't know how it came across on television. It was one of their less bad shows recently. <laughs> the main event was a bit of a waste, but mm. I was expecting that. Went to Martha's Vineyard. What's that? It's a it's an island mm-hmm. off of uh, Massachusetts. Isn't that where Barack Obama goes on holiday? Yeah, he was there when I was actually there. I didn't see him though. Did you hug him? Nope. There's like four or five towns, and like it's like the like if you're buying, you have to buy like at least ten acres or twenty acres or something. Mm. So like. The year-round population is like 16,000, hmm. but like when it spikes to like 200,000, 300,000 in the summer. That's a lot. Yeah, but like it's like stepping into the past because all the houses are wooden and all these picket fences and they don't allow any brands in there either. What do you mean they don't? Like if you're wearing a Nike shirt, they're like, go home? No, but like like say Walmart wants to open there, they don't allow any of that stuff on the island. Ah, right. So they have brands for sale but they're in like boutique shops and stuff like that mm. and ho- and family-owned groceries and things like that it's lame so it's kind of like stepping into the past it's like being in the 1940s america yeah but it's by the ocean it's very beautiful i'd recommend a day trip there if you go but if you do book some kind of tour because otherwise you won't see half of the island and it's kind of boring otherwise you're just gonna i don't understand holidays where people go places and do nothing how it's do you just... mean you know, like if you go to Martha's Vineyard and just idle around the town or go to a beach and sit on a beach for a week, it's like, I don't know, I don't know. 
want to do things. In fairness to each their own, I can see the appeal of the type of holiday. Some people just want to relax and read a book and kind of have kind of me time. I can understand that, but I'm kind of on your side. I, I'd like to relax, but I also like to be able to see things and do things, you know. Mm. Go into the world. You can do nothing here. I saw the, the Boston Red Sox play. Did they win? They won, yes. For your their good luck mascot. Exactly. The last baseball game I went to the, was a Blue Jays game, and they also won in Toronto. Boston is Fenway, isn't it? Yeah. Nice baseball stadium. It's old, like so. Like a lot of the the kind of more modern teams have new ballparks now, but that it's like it's been renovated over the years. They they have the same owners that uh, Liverpool FC have. So oh, so it's a bad club. You're saying? Well, they're they've won three World Series since 2004. So being bad. You're bad. I'm a nice person. But um, like it's kind of a mixture of old and new. Like some of the brickwork is still there since 1912. So like. You're sitting in some of the same seats that people have sat in for generations. It's kind of icky. It's kind of icky, but kind of cool. sweat indented into those seats. Well, I didn't think about it that way. Now that I did, you're just maybe creeped out. You're never going to sit in another public seat again. Someone's yeah. probably pissed on one of those seats. Probably. But uh, <laughs> we took the tour, actually. And then uh, later in the week, we went to a game. And it was it was kind of cool. Like Boston people are really nice, really accommodating. You know, they were talking to us during the game and... Telling us about some of the rules because I, I I'm fairly clued in now, but some of the stuff I still don't understand. And they throw the ball and they try and hit the ball and then they try and catch the ball. Everybody around us was Irish, of naturally. Course. But Boston is one of the nicest cities I've been to. Like it's just it seems to be really clean, really well run. People are well looked after there. The opposite of Dublin, then. Yeah, has a nice little Italy, really nice public library. It's like one of the nicest buildings I've ever been in. You went to the public library. It's worth going to. It's like a historic building. Did you Did you rent a book? No, but you can have tea there and stuff. But why didn't you rent a book? It's a library. But you have to join and everything. And then you take the book home with you and you'd have library fees in the Boston Public Library until you die. Yeah. But there's like an old part and a new part. So the new part is where you rent the books mostly and the old part's more of a museum now. They can't do... There was that rumour in UCC over the years that if you have any outstanding library fees, they won't give you your degree. (laughs) I'm not sure is it true, but it's pretty good leverage, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever tested that theory. I never took a book out of the library in my five and a half years in college. I think I did once, but yeah. Do you know people were mad for studying in the library, but I just really hated the sterileness of it. Also, you probably hated studying, but yes. go on. But last minute cr- cramming is my kind of bag, but it's kind of one of those old school libraries, like old school reading rooms and like just green lamps and stuff. So it's really nice. It's free as well. So I recommend checking it out if you're there. Hmm. I also rec- recommend Martha's Vineyard to Duck Tour. It's like a bus that goes on land and into the harbour as well. You go around the city and learn about the history. You, you're you mighty ducks. Do you like quack, quack, quack? Ducks? You do quack. Ducks fly together. You don't say duck flies together, but you do quack. Hmm. Then we went to New York. New York is mostly for shows. We went to see SummerSlam. We went to see Dear Evan Hansen. And Once on His Island. Both are Tony Award. We've already musicals. done the musical episode, Ken. Both lived up to expectations. <laughs> I'll leave it there. Fine. Uh, Evan Hansen is one of those musicals that's kind of... Although, me and my girlfriend talked about it, and it wasn't quite... It didn't quite kind of take our breath away as we might have expected. Take my breath away. If it had that song in it, it would have. But I think it's like we talked about in our last episode, so if you haven't, come back and, go back and listen to it, because... Uh, didn't get very many listens and we're sad oh poor Ken's like listening to my podcast but do you know when you're familiar with the songs and you've listened to a soundtrack and you hear it sung a certain way Mm -hmm. you're you're kind of you're wanting to hear it that way so if it doesn't sound the way you think it should sound it's It's bad it's disappointing but Once in a Island is quite cool because um, 
it didn't really start like so like just before the curtain the like the set was all it's like it was a arena shaped uh theater so you're around the stage mm. and like, like it was, shakespeare's globe yeah so it's set it was more of an oval shape but it was, it was set on that was best be me being pedantic but set on an island so like the there's sand and there's debris and all this stuff and clothes everywhere and, and like rather than start like the cast trickle out before showtime and they kind of just kind of act out them living their lives then they go around talking to the audience and asking them how they are and stuff and then you just start so it's my kind of, nightmare yeah no interactive experience just please it's an immersive experience Karen. i don't want immersive experiences no it's quite cool and it's like it's a really like it's one of those ones i, I call a hidden gem on broadway because it has one best uh broadway revival of a musical this year but the crowd wasn't that full so i don't think it's one people really know about so i would recommend going to see it it's quite cool it's like a modern fairy tale our musicals episode was the last episode okay okay i'm moving on just a west wing for you to speak here it pretty much is it's like i like that show it's comfort food and i'm all alone for the next week so what am i gonna do talk to people okay that's what the internet's for. I was more was almost cranky that you dragged me away from the house today. Well, imagine for the next six days. Gar, I needed to get you out of the house. Mom made me promise. Listen, she doesn't make me leave the house when she's there. Yes, but she tuts at you for not leaving the house and not getting a haircut. She's on your hair. She, the hair is, she's very on the hair lately. It's gone past the point where she's like willing to tolerate and she mentions it like two or three times a week now. Yeah, she's like, I'm trying to get him to get a haircut. And I was like, he's 26 years old. <laughs> yeah, stop it. <laughs> it's terrible. She, I never say her hair looks terrible, do I? I'm yeah. never mean to her. She's always mean to me. She's trying to mummy. <laughs> yes, yes. Great job, girl. I'm sorry. It got stuck to the end of the glass. You could have gently taken it <laughs> I off. didn't notice it, Ken. Gary tried to take a drink from his drink, and then the coaster got stuck to it, and he let it fall, making a loud noise, which I'm going to leave in to highlight his stupidity. That's fair. That should be highlighted on a daily basis. There's a couple other bits that caught my eye that I wanted to talk about and highlight for our listeners so they can enjoy them themselves. Be careful now. Gareth safely put down his drink without making any more kerfuffle. Until you made a kerfuffle about it. You're a kerfuffle. What are you talking about? Got a good place. It's, it's a very, very good, good television show. show. Watch the show. It's the best show. The new series is on... September 27th. Mm. Very excited about Series that. Three. Yep. What's going to happen again? I don't know. They're back on Earth, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I think, like, it's, like, probably the best sitcom I've seen in years, if not yeah. ever. Not Maybe not ever, because I did like Parks and Rec a lot, but... By the same people. But it's almost like a mutation. It's like The Office begot which Parks and Rec, bad. which begot... Which was very good. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which begot... Which was inconsistent, but good when it's great. And begot The Good Place, so it's, like... It's great. Maybe, maybe you have your opinions about The Office and... It's bad. You're bad. It's a bad show. I, mean, I know it says it's It's like Michael Scott is mean and, and horrible and that's not funny. It's just cruel. And the whole show is that except when it's Jim, Pam and Dwight which that relationship is funny and charming. That's the good part of the show. The rest is stupid. Characters are punchlines, not characters. So it's for Parks and Rec where they're fully developed characters with long-term arcs. Office is a bad show and it's only good because Americans like it and Americans are silly. You're a bad show. If I'm a bad show, this is a bad show. No one has denied that this is a bad show. <laughs> All right. Well, what about The Good Place? We won't go too much into The Good Place because we have something coming up next week which I will reveal 
at the end. Revealed surprise. to me too, apparently. <laughs> Do you not read the script? No. It's a surprise. I we'll like, talk about it later. I like the script to to to, to I, I I want you to have my 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 actual reactions, Ken. I don't want to script anything. You want raw emotion. Yeah, exactly what comes out of my brain when it comes out of it. The Good Place has a Chrome extension anyway, Gar. Mm-hmm. Is it like an actual official Good Place Chrome extension or is it just someone made it? No, it's an official one. It's actually to promote the new series mostly, but there is some neat features on it. So it turns Google into your own personal Janet, which isn't as fun as you might think because it doesn't have any like you know, sound bites or anything like that. It just kind of has Janet pop up when you open Google. I don't know. That kind of amuses me. It's, it does amuse me as well. It tur- it, Can you get a bad Janet as well? I don't know. I, ha- I haven't seen oh, it that much. I want bad Janet. There is an annoying feature though where like every half hour or hour or so it will like say, hey, don't waste your day on the internet, which is a good thing. And there is apps for that. And I, I have used them and turned them off in the past to kind of help you to kind of disconnect now and again. But uh, I work on the internet. Yeah. Are going to give out to me for that? No, I'm just saying it's good to kind of step away for a few minutes every hour, that's all. We did a whole episode on this, never mind. We did. It changes the like and dislike button on YouTube to good place and bad place. So you're sending the videos to the good place or the bad place? Yes. You are making that decision? Yes, that's kind of that's kind of amusing. Well, like, the first time at least it is. Does that make you an, an angel? You're Michael? You're Ted Danson? Ted, Ted Danson's Danson. a dapper man. He is. He's aged very gracefully. Yes. It also changes all bad language to good place language. Holy fork. Yeah, fork and shoot and other associated bad words that become good words. I still have it on my browser, but I'm probably going to get rid of it because the novelty has worn off. But it is <laughs> it is worth playing around with for a little while. Let's just get a few kicks out of Gar, I'm this sorry. coaster is becoming an issue. I'm sorry. Get better non-adhesive coasters, Ken. I'm sorry. This is, you should be, you sh- this is your fault. This is your fault, Gar. You failed the city. Is our podcast a city? Yes. We do have listeners. Are they like citizens? Yeah, they're citizens of the, the weekend show. They're weekend. They're we- wenders. They're wenders. That's what they are. That's what our fans are. I want to see the spy who dumped me when I was trying to waste time before I went to the airport. Like, we were flying in the evening, but we checked out the hotel and there was nothing to do, so we went to a movie. Is it bad? In New York. It's not that bad. I got, like, cheap tickets because I signed up for a thing I have no intention of using. Nice. I went to Alpha. What a wolf. It's probably don't be like it's kind of basically the uh what's the what's the best way to describe it? Mediocre spy. Not even mediocre spy. It's the unwitting spy. You know, like a normal person all of a sudden becomes a spy because uh-huh. of a set of circumstances. So it's been done before, but Kate McKinnon is like infinitely watchable, and she's just super super funny. And uh, God, Meg, technically, what's her name again? Meg. Meg. That's her. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot her name. It's not even coming to me. Is it Marissa Tomei? No. no. Ah, well. Oh, God. Uh, it's going to come to me later. She was in that bad film. What bad film? The one about the space with the Eddie Redmayne. Was she? Wasn't she the lead in that? Possibly. Oh, she was, actually. She yeah. was the female lead in that. I Why know. is that coming to me? We'll never know. Literally, like, when I talked about this film, like, earlier today, I remembered her name, but I can't. Anyway, but she's got surprisingly good comedic chops, so they make a good deal. It's it's enjoyable for one of those. Kunich. Is that her name? Kunis. Mita Kunis. Kunis. There you go. We got, got there it. In the end. Got there in the end. She's going to be so insulted when she hears this. Of course she is. So please send it to her on Twitter and, you know, get her to share it. <laughs> but there's a, there's a solid, it's, it's, it's not, it's kind of breezy. It's a good 90 minute runtime. Mm. 
it's got enough gags to make you laugh. Kit McKinnon, as I said, provides most of the humor. But it's it's not like it's one that you know when we go on random cinema trips and sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. It's one of those ones you're like, yeah, middle of the road. Yeah, I feel like I got my money's worth. Okay. Yeah, I kind of I feel bad. I kind of scammed the AMC theater though because the tickets were like thirty four dollars for two or something. Or that is a stupid amount of money. Cinemas in Times Square are just crazy money. But anyway. He said, if you sign up for our online membership, it'll be $5 each. And I'm like, but I don't from here. He's like, whatever you want, friend. Oh. So do you know this person's name? I don't remember his name. but he Just was, report him to AMC for taking money. <laughs> but he was willing to turn a blind eye, so I, I went for it. I also watched a film there called The Perks of Being a Wallflower, based on a book by someone I don't know. I've seen it. Logan Lerman and Hermione. Yeah. I really like Logan Lerman. I do. So do I. He's so watchable, but it's... It, it's one of the ones I wanted to mention because I finally watched it as the way I describe it because I I remember seeing the ad for the trailer and I was like, I'm going to go see that in the cinema. Hmm. And that was like 2012. So I, it only took me six years to get to it. It only took me six years, but I'm... Have I'm, I read the book? I have. I've read the book. What did, you, what, did you read the book based on the film or... I read the... I saw the film and then I read the book. Okay. Is the film the same as the book or is it good? I can't remember. <laughs> but I'm kind of a sucker for a, a quirky teenage angst coming of age story. I like it with a teenage angst. The only thing is, like, it does take quite a dark turn, which I wasn't expecting, but I, I thought the, the performances were good. Emma Watson has a bit of a ropey American accent in it, which mm-hmm. is... So a, she was young then. Yeah. But she was good in it. They're all good in it. It's, well, that's it's, why I just called, called her Hermione earlier and he ran with it. Quick plug as well. Netflix, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. That's a good one as well. It's a good teenage coming of age story. What's it about? It's about a girl who... Um, when she has crushes, she doesn't know how to express oh, some herself. people fawning over it, yeah. Yeah, she, she's uh, Asian-American and she doesn't know how to express herself about her emotions to boys. And she's quite shy and introverted. So she writes uh, a letter to her crushes and then the letters somehow get out. And there's 13 reasons why and they, everyone dies. No, it's oh, not I quite that, that dark. Do you watch 13 reasons why? No, I, I have 13 show. reasons why I don't watch it. I really like a lot of that first season. And now the show is really bad and it needs to go away. See, that to me is the epitome of a show that has a one-season premise. Mm. And they should have been just okay with doing one good season. But she became a monster hit, and then they had to make another one. Yeah, and it just... And like, it, didn't just, it didn't just do well, it became a monster hit. So then it's like, Netflix like, you're doing another season. <laughs> yeah, so those are two films on Netflix that if you're having a, a Netflix and chill... Oh. Mm, that's, that means something entirely different than just watching Netflix on a breezy Sunday morning. Or if you're like me, Netflix and binge, I just eat sweets. Yes, nummies. Or Candy, if you're in America. Don't be a monster. Those are two I'd recommend if you're uh, into the, the teen flicks. Yeah. Also, Gar, last thing I wanted to mention before we get to the, the you, news stories. You have a whole thing this week, don't you? I have a whole thing. I, I prepared. Mm. I prepared for the podcast to provide podcast gold. Hashtag podcast glow. Get out. You, it's my house. You get out. My, it's my house. I own it now. You don't own my house. You don't own your house. I don't own my house either, but that's besides the story. Our, our last episode before the musicals episode was our uh, football, our fantasy football one. That's like good, good amount of listens. Mm. And but 75 new listeners from Amsterdam, all separate listeners. That's the weird thing. Every so often you see uh, like 50 listens from this random place, but it's one person listening 50 times, probably a bot or something. Or it's just somebody being very weird and not knowing how SoundCloud works. But yeah, this was, and there was, there was nobody more than listening once. It was all like 70 odd listens, all of them, all of them separate listens. And I'm like, okay, hello everyone from the Netherlands. How are you doing today? Yeah. And it, where did you go? 
thing is, never, we never really get any engagement either, so we don't know if these people enjoyed it or did it, why they listened or... Didn't you promote this one on Facebook? How they came to it? Yeah, it didn't do too well during the promotion, though. Facebook gave you free money? Yeah, and I used it. I don't know. I don't know. We also had 15 new listens from Kathmandu, Nepal. Kathmandu is not a real place, though. And we've had listens from Nepal since. So do we have some Nepalese listeners? Is Nepalese right? Yes, that's correct, Gar. Well done. Go me. But yeah, so we're big in Nepal. Mm. Fun fact about Nepal, it's the only country in the world to have a rectangular flag. Or, yeah, not rectangular. That's a normal flag. Damn it. I blew, I blew that one. Triangle? It's a triangular flag. It's like two triangles. Wow. This is like the Legend of Zelda's Triforce, which is three triangles. Which then also forms a triangle in the middle. Yes. Except two triangles. Like two sideways triangles. I'm sad we can't go to that Jurassic Park thing. If you if Jurassic Park's producers are listening and want to send media tickets to the weekend show, we'll happily take them to go next weekend. Oh, look how the tables have turned. Mr. Coasters can't touch the table. Goes to take a drink of his apple juice. And the tables have been flipped or touched by something else. I'm editing this podcast so I could easily edit that out. <laughs> You're just going to edit your, your one out and just me every time I lift the freaking glass. Yeah. I'm not going to give you a drink next week. You're going to have to stay parched. But then my, my voice will be all raspy. So if you're listening in Amsterdam or in Nepal, just let us know how you came to find us and why. Or, if, or just tell us that you listened to us for three seconds and turned it off. You just heard the sound of Ken's voice. Because if they listen to three seconds, they don't get to me. But they listen for three seconds, they get to the theme song. That's true. Fair point. Damn it. Do you want to take us to our first story, Gar? People are fighting for no reason. Yeah. That's that's the story. Because uh, we'll start with Logan Paul and KSI. Did you keep up with any of that? Yeah, that made me very sad. Fake internet beeps where people, you know, drub up their fake problems for views and clicks and now to punch each other and sell YouTube pay-per-views or whatever. 800,000 people bought it. Yeah. It costs, I think it costs a tenner. Yeah. It's 8 million bucks. And they probably made a chunk of change out of that. And plus advertising and sponsorship and all that nonsense. Plus probably all the views the videos promoting it got. So they made lots of money, and I hate it. And now golfers are getting in on that act, Ken. But like, why? Whatever about combat sports, where there's kind of a, a kind of a combative elements to it. Uh, I just used the same word twice, but yes. there's a kind of raw brutality to it, or that kind of uh, animalistic kind of thing that kind of makes it work. You know, age-old conflicts between man versus man. But golf. If you haven't heard this, uh, Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods are going to face off for big bucks. They're dubbing it The Match, Tiger versus Phil. That's a terrible name. Yeah. The Match. It's as boring as golf is. They're basically saying it's the match to end all matches. Like, it's the golf match. I don't care. It's boring. Plus, Tiger is bad. It's due to take place in Las Vegas on Thanksgiving weekend, only on pay-per-view. Of course, it's only on pay-per-view. They're playing for a purse of $9 million. It's a lot of money. But what kind of bugged me, and I, like, obviously it's really transparent, because even if you go back to McGregor and Mayweather, like, they travel together on the press tour. Mm. For, you know, like, and people pay to get into the press events. Everything is pro wrestling, Ken. That's the moral of the story. Everything is pro wrestling. So Golf is pro wrestling now. Yeah, so like this whole fake beef thing, like they, they, these guys are friends, like, but they're just like, hey, let's trick people to think we're having a rivalry so that people will pay to watch us play our rivalry over 18 holes. And if, if they're going to do pro wrestling, Ken, I want to see them have a pro wrestling match. At least Stephen Amell... Has the balls, Ken, to step up and wrestle Chris Daniels in front of 10,000 people and take a table bump. 
because Cam's very careful about removing the glass this time so that he does not make noise and disrupt the podcast. But see, yeah, stop with your dumb fake internet beefs that lead to dumb fake internet fights that lead to just making people stupid and mean and shouting at each other in corners. It's so like it's so cynical in this case that Phil Mickelson literally only joined Twitter to start a beef. <laughs> yeah, which that's I the worst. That is the worst. It's like I have a Twitter now to promote this dumb, stupid golf fight we're doing. If it was a golf fight, I'd approve. Like, they stand like two hundred uh, yards away from each other and start hitting balls at each other. First person to knock the other guy out wins. That would be. I'd watch that. I'd be on board for that. For swinging clubs at each other. Yeah, and it's like caddies getting into brawls in the freaking pits. What are the pits called? Sand, dunes, rough. Uh, sa- sand traps? <laughs> no, the but bunkers. Bunker there we go. Traps, yeah. there's, there's a golf word for this. I'll get there eventually. But like, there's, like, there's no real like. Because, like, these things all hinge themselves on, like, a moment or, mm-hmm. like, uh, coming together or An attention. An incident, yes. Where in golf, they just tee off separately mm-hmm. and then they go around the course side by side. Mm-hmm. There's no kind of spark there. Start hitting each other with golf balls. And they're going to have to stage a fight. They should do the football golf, you know? The, 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 the hit a comical-sized football toward a comical-sized hole. Anyway, do you want to hear what Mickelson's fake tweet said? Go on. I bet you think this is the easiest nine million you will ever make. And then 42-year-old Woods ups the response by saying, think you'll earn some bragging rights? Before the five-time major winner, Mickelson rounded off the conversation with, let's do this, hashtag Tiger vs. Phil. Listen, if you're going to do this, have Mickelson call out his infidelity. Come on, yeah. at least get some juice in there. Yeah. This is basically like two... I'm going to bang you like you banged all those other women. <laughs> Golf. <laughs> <laughs> That's how this should be. It's not like it's, it's like your two dads arguing on a lawn or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's so civil. It's very golf. Yeah, it's like, I don't care for you. Let's have a golf match. Yes. Ha! Okay, your phone is hopping today. Ed Kidney wants to know, should we go to the cinema? Hmm, we're in Balancholic, so if he wants to come to Balancholic. Well, we could get back to Dublin. Well, anyway, this is a discussion for a different time. Yes. Let's talk about our plans in the privacy of non-recording. That's true. Let's do story number two, Ken. Chanel's new makeup line for range for men causing controversy online. I'm wearing it right now. Flawless. Thank you. It gets rid of the considerable bags under my eyes. Boy de Chanel will include three products. A foundation available in four shades with SPF 25. A moisturising lip balm and four shades of eyebrow pencil. Why are people mad about this? Is it because they're dumb and insecure about their sexuality? No, basically, the kind of fervor online has come from that makeup should be genderless. Why? Men and women's skin are different. I guess so, yeah, that's true. Like, like the, but the, are the products any different, I wonder? And... Are they accounting for that? I don't know, but I don't care. What kind of bothers me for this is, like, it kind of smacks of that kind of social justice warrior stuff. Do never, never can, never in your life, please, say the word social justice warrior unironically. Yeah, sorry. Please don't. But you, but you know what I mean? Like, I think that... Nobody cares about this. That's what I'm saying. Everything's becoming a battle these days. We're like... No no one cares about makeup. It's like, they just sell the makeup, it'll buy it. No one actually cares. And if you pretend like you're actually caring, go away. Find there's plenty. There is tons, Ken, in the world these days to be actually mad at. There's like, like, like boatloads of things that are legitimately wrong and require legitimate anger and focus. Men's makeup's not one of them. Shut up. Sit in your corner. Let people who want to buy it, buy it. Let people who don't want to buy it, not buy it. 
and just move on with your life. If you're sending tweets, be uh, makeup clap, should clap, not be clap, gender clap, retweet if you agree. Go away and find a better hobby. I think you hit the nail on the head there. The thing that bothers me the most is that, you know, there is a lot of causes out there, you know, to talk about. You know, like gender equality is one of them. Gender equality. <laughs> Whether it be in the genderless work- makeup is not. <laughs> whether it be in the workplace, whether it be in sports, whether it be in Hollywood, these are all really valid and really pertinent, and these are topics of the moment. But I feel as if these movements and causes lose steam when everything becomes a fight. You got to kind of pick your battles with these things because if you fight every little thing, then the big causes don't seem so. You kind of see what I'm kind of getting at. I will never understand the people who are always angry on the internet. You know, the people, there, there are people who always pick these fights. Like, and you see them. A day in, day out, there's a new thing they're mad at. It's like, how do you have the energy for this? How do you not just eventually throw your hands in the air and go, look, there's, there, I have only so much brain power to go, I'm mad at makeup today. How about I just watch a TV show instead? I, I, don't, I don't get those people. I will never get those people who are perennially mad online. And don't get us wrong either, it's not just the people who are malicious and trying to be mean and trolling. It's the people who are thinking that they're, you know, speaking for the greater good. But I think it dilutes kind of more worthy causes. Yes, as I said, there's tons. There's tons in the world to be mad at, Ken. Be mad at that. Don't be mad at stupid shit. Yeah. Make up for men. Let them have it. And if they don't want to have it, let them not have it. If this product succeeds, it will succeed because there was a market for it. And if it doesn't, it won't because there wasn't a market for it. Let the natural order of things do its bidding. Yeah, because like men, like men do it for different reasons. There's drag. People just like for self-confidence reasons. Some people do it because they enjoy the expression of it. And whatever reason you do it. And our respective skins go through different experiences and likely need different treatment. For example, even if you're, you're, you like to keep yourself clean shaven, you probably have to shave every day. And that puts that agitates the skin, and maybe you need specific makeup for that. I don't know, but shut up and find something legitimate to be mad at, like the pay inequality in the workplace for men and women. Yeah, which that's what, a thing. What is this? It's seventy something cent for every euro men earn. That's crazy. That is. We should probably do a podcast on that sometime. Maybe, but we're men talking about it, so we don't really have a yeah, moral better, authority. Maybe you should check. I, her. I don't agree with the idea that you know, if you're if you're not a representative of a group, you cannot speak on something. But I do agree that you cannot speak authoritatively on it. I wouldn't say authoritatively, but I think you're going to have to check your privilege and come from a, kind of a curious way, from a, a from a place of wanting to understand. Yeah, but when people say, "Oh, well, you're a man, you can't talk about it," you just cut the man out of the conversation, and then the man's just going to stop listening. Exactly. Like we should be bringing these. It's a people... conversation. It's not. A, it's a dialogue. It's not a exactly and monologue. We should, we should be bringing in all these allies rather than just saying like you can't talk about it because you're a man. You're saying hey, thank you for being interested in this, and thank you for here's what you should think. Here's what you should think, you dumb man. Yeah, we are stupid. Really Stop looking at my boobs. I'm looking at your boobs right now, Ken. Stop looking at my boobs, there. Last story, girl. Paris has a piss problem. I think like most cities, I think if you walk around the city at night, you will see people weeing in places they should not be weeing. So, to, in like a response... weeing shows. Well, I don't care. It's a throwback to our know. to our shorter shows that we did on occasion when we were too lazy. Now, defunct brand. You killed... Ken killed the weeing show, by the way. Even though the last two episodes were objectively weeing shows, yes. Ken has killed the weeing show. I might bring it back, but you can see the entire weeing catalogue at soundcloud.com 
forward slash TWSKK. I like the way you're a softer plugging voice. Like, and now you can go to SoundCloud to listen to the SoundCloud episodes at SoundCloud.com. What's wrong with my soft voice? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just, I said I liked it. Anyway. Go <laughs> on, what, uh, what's wrong with Paris and pissing on the streets? Yeah, so th- apparently it's gotten so bad that they had to roll out pavement side urinals. How did that work? So they're like, basically... They're oh, compi- have I seen... Did they come out of the ground at night? No, but they're basically like... They're like... How do I best explain it? Like a drain? You Google it. No, it's not like a drain, but like... There's like a a, a big... A brick structure, mm-hmm. which is... And then it's going to install it into that, and they're bright red. Okay. So they're not charging to pee? Like no. Cork City Council does with their, with their public toilets on the streets? Don't go in there. They're like, I'd never go in there. <laughs> I'd rather my bladder explode than go in there. First of all, they're filthy, and I've made that mistake before, but they are literally drug dens. So they're they're eco-friendly because they're, they're kind of self-cleaning and self-sustaining. And basically, there's straw on the inside, and there's a flower bed on top, so it helps you the flowers to grow. Try and beautify the place a bit. When you say there's a flower bed on top, does it get the nutrients from the piss? Does that so. work? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the flowers are watered with piss water. <laughs> it's called. Don't it's, smell them. It's a, called a urotro. I can't spell. Can you pronounce that? What paragraph? Second one. Second one. It's pronounced the urotro. There we go. It's French. You did French for six years. You should be able to say French words. That's a that's a weird one though. I'll spell it out for you, and if you can tweet us to tell us how it's spelled, or not, it's how it's spelled. I'll spell it, and you can tweet us the spelling of it back to us. Thank you. Shut up, Kerr. It's pronounced U-R-I-T-R-O-T-T-O-I-R. So if Rob or Matthew are the only two people that listen to this, if they could tweet us that, that'd be great. Eurotro. There you go. Did it for you. Nailed it. It basically combines the word, French words for urinal and pavement. Piss on the road. The, some of the residents aren't so happy with it. Paula Pelletzari. Look at you pronouncing French names. Shouldn't do these stories because I can't pronounce any of the names. I'm really bad. That's a running theme. She owns a Venetian art store. She's obviously uh, a fine French woman. How do you know? She's not. She's Italian, obviously. I was thinking it's an Italian sounding name. Go on. There's no need to be putting something so immodest and ugly in such a historic spot because they're kind of by the Seine and Notre Dame Cathedral. Like, apparently. Basically, where all the most famous sites are, that's where all the piss is. Would she rather people piss in the road? But, like, apparently they've had to do, like, industrial cleaning because the smell is so bad. That's... <laughs> and, like, they've already... They installed, like, 60 public bathrooms last year. So this is to supplement that. So it's, like, people aren't, like, aren't even using the public bathrooms. So it's, it's, it's getting really bad. Mm. Other people say it's sexist. So they're getting up on their high horse about it because they basically installed a sexist proposition according to uh, one woman. Yes, but the problem is pissing on the streets, right? Yeah. What do you think the gender breakdown of pissing on the streets is? Probably like 90-10 maybe. Yeah. It's Probably not... less 99-1%. It's a male problem. It's a male solution for a male problem, lady. Come on. Actually, I wrote it down here, so I might explain how it works technically more, regards. So, so, so men pee into the receptacle, okay. which is filled with straw and other composting materials. Are you describing how a toilet works? No, it's filled with straw and composting <laughs> okay, materials. Okay, continue. <laughs> I'm going to explain to you at the moment how a toilet works. No, you pee into it, it goes down a drain. You were curious how it feeds the, the plants, I'm telling you now. Okay, go on. So if it, it, 
it's filled into that so it keeps the odors down but then this material becomes compost and that is used to fertilize the plants nice so it's kind of trying to beautify the space i don't like these people who are like a space cannot change you know it's like oh this is a classic traditional french space how dare you put anything that's new there it's like no cities change and evolve and grow over time where do you think these things came from what if the people at the time said we can't have it like this because it's like a certain way then nothing would happen and nothing would be nice shut up and don't get me wrong like like i can understand why people might object to it because it might not look the best but like why are we kind of being weird about peeing anyway like you know I'm, like you're seeing a move in some places towards like genderless bathrooms as well and that's one place thing that people got really kind of up in arms about but I kind of agree with it because, like, what's the shame? Who, who kind of cares? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I disagree with genderless bathrooms for one fundamental reason, Kent. What? There's usually a queue for a women's bathroom and not a men's bathroom. <laughs> I'm not not giving up my queueless okay. toilet experience. Without being sexist, any sporting event or stadium I've ever been to, like, I get breezed right into the bathroom and my poor girlfriend just has to get in the queue. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not giving up my queueless bathroom experience, women. You're not taking that away from me. There's, there's an obvious reason for that. There's urinals. That's the obvious reason. But go on. Actually, I got that number wrong, Garrett. They installed 400 self-contained, self-cleaning unisex public toilets in 2006. That still didn't solve the piss problem. <laughs> France has an issue. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? Laurent Lebeau, who, who's designer Laurent. of... Laurent Lebeau. You did French. You know the last letter, letter is silent. It's been 10 years. Tesla uh, told a newspaper that the device isn't a complete fix to the problem, but he thinks that, you know... Step in the right direction. You know, why not? Just, just... See, that's the thing. Why not? Stop being obstinate contrarians who give out about everything. Still, drunk blokes keep pissing, he said. People may laugh at the solution, but it just might work, that's what he said. It's better than doing nothing. It's better than pissing on the side of the road. Hashtag Paris piss problem. Tell yeah. us your solutions on Twitter. It's at TWSKK. It's good alliteration there, Ken. You're welcome. Hmm. Tell us your solutions on Twitter at TWSKK or on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. A little bit of ASMR. What is it? ASMR. That's it. I don't know what that stands for. But yes, it's saying things in a very calm and quiet, whispery way, and deliberate way in order to lull you off to sleep or engage the senses. Give you a weird sexual experience. (laughs) Let's leave that there. This, where did I hear the ASMR haircut stuff? Where it's like someone's going through the process of giving somebody a haircut, and including like the the banal banter, yeah, and uh, doing that in an ASMR. Now I'm going to take this and I'm going to cut it like this. How has your day been today? I've never heard oh, of that. Very nice. I don't know where I heard about this. I was on the Game Informer show. I was on the Game Informer show once. They played some haircut ASMR stuff. The internet's weird. <laughs> I think if someone started doing that when I got a haircut, I'd, hard, I'd legitimately probably... Oh, no, no, like, it's not a hairdresser doing it for their clients. It's just yeah. this person recorded the, doing it and put it up as ASMR, and I'm like... Oh, okay. It's just weird. Because if I was getting a haircut and someone started doing that, I'd probably be like, I'm going to get murdered. <laughs> you have sharp implements and you're taking them to my head. This is only going to end in you slitting my throat. Would you like a shave today, Ken? No, <laughs> thank you. Would you like a shave? I need you. That's creepy. Can't stop it. That's really creepy. Moving on to our main segment, Gar. Breezing on, Jersey. Something very not creepy, Ken. Unless you think talking bears is kind of creepy, which I guess that's that's kind of objectively true. It's kind of become normalized in our pop culture now, though. Yeah, there's Bear in the Big Blue House, there's Winnie the Pooh, there's Paddington, there's 
Yogi Rupert. Bear. There's Rupert. There's Yogi Bear. What's with all the bears? That's one thing before we start our Christopher Robin review. Why do you think it's like in, in like children's literature and children's pop culture, bears are all are like are such a popular character? Is it sim- just as simply just links to the teddy bear that yes, they all have? It's a hundred percent just links to the teddy bear that they all have. So they're like children can relate to bears because they see bears every day and they hug bears named Teddy or Thomas or Aloe or a very very large assortment of bears like rice or ice or Bryce. Lots of bears. Uh, <laughs> those are some really random names you're putting out there. Yes, uh, so many bear names, like like Theodore or or. You Bubbles. certainly don't know someone who owns all those teddy bears. No, there. no, there's no one that that person would be a creep and a weirdo. Um, but kids, kids all have all those teddy bears, and uh, they're like, "Oh look, bear on TV! Welcome to the blue house." Yeah. I did the bear head movement for anybody that uh, some little one there. Oh. Sneaky plug that I didn't mention earlier. Uh, there's a tweet. We'll put it up on the Twitter maybe, Gary. Remind me to do that. That shows like the last scene from Bear in the Big Blue House. And they actually did a finale episode, which is kind of rare for those kids TV shows. Mm. Because most of the episodes are the same format. They just kind of do that format, but they stop doing it. Mm-hmm. But they actually did a finale episode and it's very sad. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. And like, that's the song they ended every episode with. And like, when you end the series with it, it's like ultra poignant <laughs> and it was so poignant that they had a conversation like about how you know the effect that you have on your friends and how you should you know always seek to be a positive influence on people's lives but they the woman who played luna the the moon mm-hmm. puppet when she died they showed that scene at her funeral Aww. so um the episode's actually available and like there's a, a thread that i, I came across I tweeted to you guys, so I think we have it, mm. that has that clip, but also has the whole episode. So oh, if... that, I only saw the, the last clip. I would have watched the whole episode. So, uh, Potter being like, goodbye, bear, I love you. It's like, uh, basically, they decided they wanted to do a finale, and they came up with a whole concept for it, and it's uh, very adorable. So. Yeah. Kids anyway. TV these days, Ken, is, it just doesn't have anything on. This is the reason kids are dumb. Their TV is dumb, and they're on YouTube watching dumb YouTube people instead of Bear in the Big House teaching them good, strong morals. Yeah. It's a problem with the world. Not you with good t- kids TV. You don't see the with Pooh anymore. Like the like, like. And like there is, there's really good like eight to twelve or eight to thirteen range TV. Yeah. Like, like there's like Adventure Time and and then the Steven Universe and all that fun stuff. We bear bears. We bear bears. There's tons of stuff for them. But like the the, the four to eight category, Sesame Street's still kicking, still going. Solo to HBO. But now it's, now it's on HBO. Yeah. So like it has less visibility. But then. I know it does eventually go to PBS later, but it's like on a delay. Yeah. But yeah, we need we need good kids TV. But I think that's one of the reasons I liked Christopher Robin so much, Segwager. Mm-hmm. Because I I think children these days need these stories. It's kind of like, it's true that nobody's teaching them morals, and, and maybe that sounds a bit curmudgeonly and old, but like these are the shows and the literature and the and the media that I learned my morals from as a child, and like maybe. Some might say that's not the most positive thing. You should learn your morals from your parents, but... Parents can't be relied upon. <laughs> yeah. They worked so our TV was our parents. <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel as if that they taught us better. I would have thought so. Like, I'm not watching a ton of kids' TV, so maybe there is some phenomenal kids' show that people are watching these days that's doing a really good job of helping kids understand concepts and ideas that are above their station in ways that are that are broken down and very relatable. But I don't think so. None of them are bearing the big house. That's what I'm saying, Ken. 
So what's I don't even know what's out there these days. I haven't seen it. I don't know. Dora? What's Dora doing for anybody? We're saying this is this and Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse just makes people preternaturally stupid. Yes. Shall we? Shall we review this movie here? Yes. Uh, anybody that said Christopher Robin is not a great film is stupid and should go away. It's a joyful film full of brilliant pooisms that everyone should love, and it's adorable and has a very good moral about the importance of childhood. So if you don't like it, go away. Job done. Yeah. Da, 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 well, that's not our theme song anymore because you killed it. It might come back eventually for an anniversary episode, perhaps if we ever get there. So, Gar, previous to this film, what was your relationship to Winnie the Pooh? I liked Pooh. He's a bear. Yes. Some occasionally a pumpkin. Pumpkin yes, Pooh. Yeah, I bought the Winnie the Pooh book for Christmas once. It's a collection of stories. I've never read it. That's I a question it. I had. Have you read the? You haven't read any of the books or the stories? No, I was actually for a bit. I was going to bring it with me. God damn it! Just started breaking it open and reading Pooh quotes from the thing. But I, I think he's a, an adorable character, brilliantly animated. I the, the 2013, 2013? Yeah, I think it's 2013 Winnie the Pooh film by Disney. 2011, 2013, somewhere. It's in there. It's in that range. It's within the last 10 years. That film. And, like, it's a proper, like, theatrical release. It's not, like, one of the many shorts or kind of straight-to-TV releases they've done. Great. Really good. You should watch it. It's phenomenal. And this is just, it's just adorable. Where Pooh is just, like, exuberant. Your ladder is broken. And it's like, that's not a ladder, Pooh. That explains it. <laughs> it's just, it's adorable. It's, and people kind of, uh, the early reviews were quite bad. Because it's kind of, it's kind of a downer. It is a downer because they rail against the kind of dour tone of it. But like, the reason it was so bleak in the beginning, not bleak, but it's, it's kind it's of. It's not, yeah, I push back against that. Like the, the, the theme of the film is that, that Christopher Robin is being overworked and he's missing his family and missing his life and he's lost his childhood. And, and I think the most heartbreaking scene in the film is when uh, Mark Gattis' character says, uh, nothing comes for nothing. And then he repeats that to his daughter as if he believes it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that, that's like the world getting rid of what you believe and you passing that on to your child is just a heart-wrenching moment. And it's, it's devastating. And then the, the moral of the film is, uh, you know, often something very good comes from nothing. Yeah. And that, that you should embrace your wonder and whimsy and you should not be bogged down in a life of sadness and work and put things in perspective. That's the moral of the film. And they need to drive home that Christopher Robin is depressed and his family hates him in order to get to that bit at the end. It's storytelling. I've always said as well, for me, the key to being happy as an adult is to stay connected to the things that made you happy as a child because mm-hmm. that's the, where you find joy, basically. Just keep playing Pokemon, buddy. The only thing is, I, I don't think you should be so invested in it that it holds you back. I do think there's problems there. Yes. Do, do you know? Don't learn any Star Trek languages as you take a rule of thumb. It should be part of your life, not your life, if you essentially. Can, if you can speak Klingon, you've gone too far the other way. But I just think in this day and age, you're, you're right. I mean, like, you know, you spend, like, basically two-thirds of your day working. Mm-hmm. And two-thirds of your year, basically. So you get to enjoy, like, a couple of weeks a year, maybe, that mm-hmm. you get to enjoy of it, like... And you're so focused on work and money and houses and cars and what's the next step and, you know, responsibilities that it's, it's not even just about losing your childhood, but it's just about kind of forgetting about what's important and like forgetting that life is to be lived as well, you know, and it has that message. We are taught as we grow up that, that growing up is, is leaving behind. It, it's supposed to be the opposite of being a child. So like, the, the instinct is things that I liked as a child I can no longer like anymore because that's not maturity. To mature mm-hmm. is to develop. And it is. You know, if you, most people don't grow up listening to classical music or watching like a very heavy drama going, this is good. You have to mature. You have to develop your tastes. You have to 
learn how to enjoy things like that, I think. But the, the, the idea that, that giving up things you enjoyed is the way to become mature, I think is foolish. And I think as a society, I think our generation in particular, it's the reason we're kind of maligned, is that we're like, I still just want to play Pokemon when I want to play Pokemon, you know? Pokemon's yeah. cool. I've played Pokemon since I was eight years old. And they're going to release Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee in two months. And I'm going to play the hell out of that game because you can give Pikachu a haircut. And that gives me a certain amount of delight. So don't get me wrong. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to take care of my yeah, business. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to stop my life to play Pokemon. I'm not going to be like a kid where it's just like, all right, every waking hour of Pokemon time. But I'm still going to enjoy the things I enjoy because I enjoy them. I think it does. Like, Pokemon hasn't gotten worse, you know? <laughs> We talked about the internet being a contributor to poor mental health in our generation. I think that pressure to kind of be a man or be an adult or be a grown woman, like to forget those things that made you happy. The way you said grown woman there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what would you, like, woman? Grown woman? I don't know. That uh, Please don't uh, hate tweet me. Uh, I'm sorry. But oh, you made me lose my train of thought now, girl. Uh, the pressures of the internet and then the pressures of giving up your, your childhood yeah. loves. Yeah, it does. It does. Of course, it's going to make you depressed, you know. Mm. But I, I do think that's changing, though, because like nerds have inherited the earth to a certain extent. Yeah, we've taken over. So it's you're less kind of you know ridiculed for like so like in that stuff like Pokemon Go being a craze was an example of that. And it's funny how when you uh, go to these films these days, like Pooh and all the Pixar films and the Disney films, it's adults taking their kids and wanting them to love it and then being really disappointed when they hate it because it's boring to them because mm. it's not a, a touch screen or whatever. Because kids are stupid and we've taught them how to be dumb. But it did bounce back, in fairness, from, from the negative reviews. Oh, well, in fairness, they're not negative per se. They're more like middle of the road. Very few people are saying this film is bad. I will push back. I think it was the Forbes review was like, oh, even the people that t- cried at Toy Story won't cry here. And I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? Everybody cried at the end of Toy Story. Yeah. Even this thing that made everybody cry won't make these people cry. You're supposed to pick something that's niche that made people cry. You know, even somebody that cried uh, at War and Peace won't find something to cry here because those are easy criers. You're supposed to suggest something that makes people easy to cry. Not the freaking most emotional scene in a film in the last 15 years, you dumb nerd. I did get a couple of swells of emotion. I didn't tear up, but I just kind of felt... I cried uh, very early in the film. When when Christopher Robin remembers Winnie the Pooh, they play the Winnie the Pooh theme song. Oh, that was very subtle and very yeah, nice. Yes, it's it's it's, it's not a, a huge moment. They don't crawl up, but he looks at the photo. He puts the photo on the desk, and then some honey falls on the th- the photo. Yeah. And the, the do, 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 it's a pia- It's a kind of a solemn piano version. I cried because I'm stupid. It did. It did make me sad though when Christopher Robin went away and didn't come back, and Pooh waited for him. Oh yeah, and Pooh's like, where, where are you gone? Oh, by the way, some mild spoilers here. I don't think people are going into this film to the plot of this film. It does. Like, if you're looking for that nostalgia kick, you're definitely going to get it. I think it's it's very funny. I, like Pooh's deadpan sense of humor is amazing. <laughs> like it, it'll be, if it doesn't make you laugh, I don't know. I, I well, I don't think it'll make everyone laugh, but it's it's very much up my street. Exactly as he describes, he's a bear of very little brain, but he's so well intentioned <laughs> and sweet and charming that you can't help but love him. He even says during the film, I'm a bear of very little brain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hugh McGregor plays a great part in it. I think he really... He's the, the straight man for Pooh's <laughs> antics. Exactly. So it works perfectly as a double act. But also, he kind of really played really well the kind of... The burden of what adulthood has, has kind of forced upon him. But he kind of seamlessly transitioned into... You know, once he started to remember and he kind of recaptured his, his joy... 
you, you kind of seamlessly transition to like so like sometimes when you have these kind of especially these films set in Britain where like these uptight British men suddenly like stuff like Nanny McPhee and stuff suddenly or even Mary Poppins suddenly find a bit of joy in their lives and whimsy they suddenly become buffoons they go to the deep end yeah yeah so but it was quite subtle and one other touch I liked as well one thing I going in I, I kind of thought they might do this thing where like, like um actually they're not real like uh if you haven't seen it they're actually most of them except the, uh, except bear and owl are not bear uh rabbit and owl see i got bear stuck in my brain now are are real animals they're they're two of them are real animals but the rest of them are uh, stuffed animals which they're... is a touch i really really liked yeah because when when i heard they were making a live action Winnie the pooh film i was like Oh, that's you know bringing a cartoon character into the real world all looks going to be rough. But you know the 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 animation style. He's a teddy bear. But yeah, yeah. If Pooh had too much expression in his face, it just wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, because it just kind of become too. Uh, it's, the a real looking Pooh doesn't work. Yeah, if you, if you took Pooh from like the cartoon and had that kind of Pooh just in a uh, a more like high fidelity animated state, it almost becomes like Garfield then, doesn't it? Yeah, it, just, it looks bad if he's like three D animated, but I suppose he is technically three D animated. But, wh- but he's a teddy bear. He's yeah. still just he's just a teddy bear. He's Christopher Robin's teddy bear. Exactly. But one touch I liked as well was that it it didn't go down the line of that only Christopher Robin and those who believe see them moving and talking and stuff like that because mm-hmm. that would have kind of made it a little bit more depressing and muted for me. I know. I think that would have still made sense though. It would have made sense, but I actually liked the fact that they went full on like this is just magic. Who is real? Who is real? <laughs> And he's a teddy bear that's moving around the place. Yeah. And do you know, like, when he found out that Barney was just them, like, like you know... Just a man in a suit. Not just a man in a suit, but when you watch Barney, the conceit is that they're imagining him being the big dinosaur, like, you know, yeah. so they're running around holding the teddy and then imagining that he's a giant and playing with them. The test not the playtime, but yes. So when you find out about that, you're just like, that. it's cute, but then it's kind of like, oh, Barney's uh, not real. I, I like that. I don't know. I'm mixed on that. Barney exists in, in all of our heads. It's just that we have to reach a state of imagination and playtime to, to 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 experience Barney. Gar, you'll be glad to hear. Go on. You're right, Gar, but I disagree with you. Okay. Uh, you'll be glad to hear the film is made currently up to date. It only got it kind of released at the start of the month in the US and only a couple of weeks later mm-hmm. here. So it's still kind of in, in the middle of its run, I would say. Start of August. We're in September now. My God. I know. <laughs> Crazy. It made 131.3 million off a 70 to 75 million budget. On top of that, uh, last week it was the top movie in the UK, uh, uh, two weeks after its opening, so not good. Bad. That's a good film. You should go see it. You will laugh. You will think about the nature of childhood. You will see Winnie the Pooh speak. He will say the word expoopoot, and it should make you laugh. I posted that to on my Twitter, but it's, yeah. that makes me smile so it's so You have just have to be a sex exuberant, you. Expoopoot. <laughs> He's just like looking in the distance, and that's the thing that comes into his head. <laughs> and there's like tons of little pooisms that that will are like really good, like little poo advice. Like you know, I often get where I'm going by going the opposite direction of where I've been, which is when you think about it, very good life advice. Yep, but there's a reason why like those um, not memes, but those kind of uh, posts you see on pooisms, uh, pooisms on like Pisms. Uh, clips from the from the book with like pictures of. Pooh and Piglet and all the little quotes. The reason that they become almost a cliche... It's because it's right. Because it's so right and so... It has value. It has value to people. All cliches were very, very smart when they were first said. That's the reason people kept saying them. But it's almost become an internet cliche to post poo quotes. That's but that's, Except that's, memes. Memes are bad. Yeah. But that's a testament to how it's staying power. And like, I mean... And it, like, yeah, most of these quotes, I think, come from the books. Yeah. 
Emil and his partner who who uh, created the drawings long dead but you know like the character is is alive uh, Disney will keep profiting from him yeah Disney I don't know how long they own him for but anyway uh, it got 70% on Rotten Tomatoes the last time I checked on 182 reviews so it's like average rating is 6.1 out of 10 hmm. the website's critical consensus said that Christopher Robin may not equal A.A. Milne's stories or their animated adaptations, but it should prove sweet enough for audiences seeking a little childhood magic. Which, probably fair. That's balanced. I think it should be more than 70, but it should be like 85. It's like an 85, not a 70 film. Metacritic, Metacritic was actually less kind. It was 59 out of 100. Metacritic is all slightly lower. They include more Metacritic picks. You include everybody. And like you have cinema score in here, which is worthless. <laughs> Cinema score is always like an A or an A minus. Like literally, no matter what the film is, it's always an A and an A or an A minus. Okay. Unless it's one of the films that get caught in one of the nerd outrage ones, like Star Wars. That's probably lower because people get mad at women enter in their films or whatever they get mad at lately. But yeah, Christopher Robin is a delight. See it. I think it's more faithful. I think it does strike a good balance because between being faithful to. The modern art adaptation of Pooh, which is probably the more recognised one at this point, the Disney Pooh is is what most people recognise as Pooh, but it's also quite faithful to the original books as well. And they have some nice little animated sequences where they kind of tell the story as if they're reading the book. That's mm-hmm. quite nice. The original, the initial framing of the film is is a a book, a storytelling book. It seems to be a, a motif amongst all their live action retellings, doesn't it? I they used the book. It, they did it in the Jungle Book, at least. Anyway, I don't mm. know that's for sure. Maybe all the ones are just based on books, which is all of them, because Disney stole all of the good ideas. But I, I think it, I think it does succeed in capturing the same charm and morals as the books. Yeah. Uh, the the animated adaptations doesn't really lean into those as much. I don't think it's really a kids' film. Yeah, which might so. be the big problem. I think it's a, it's a film the kids can find value in, but I don't think it's a kids' film. You've seen it twice now. The uh, showing that we went to, the kids did seem a little bored by it. Yeah, at times. I think it's too slow and too ponderous for kids, and not there's not enough like big silly action. There's the, like the, the the closest this film gets to action is Pooh goes missing for about thirty seconds in a train station. That's the closest this film gets to, like a big yeah. exciting set piece. Yeah. They could have, I think they could have done more to play that up. But I think they're. I don't just... think so. I think the film is what the film is. You don't have to pander to kids. Nor should you. You should make your film. Um, it's been successful, Guy. Do you think it warrants a sequel or it's a, it's, no. it's a standalone film? It's told its story. It shouldn't do anything more. What's 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 the sequel? Like a daughter forgets poo? <laughs> like, yeah. come on. But you, you can, yeah, I know, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think it's, I think it's a standalone film. I don't think it's yeah. a, a sequel film, but you never know with Disney if, if something's is successful. Make another animated poo film. <laughs> Find that. <laughs> Keep making those. But like it's funny how like there's some poo purists who are kind of more into the books, but those people are stupid. The vast majority of people know poo in in the Disney form, like you know. Another thing on the list of things I hate. I think I've gone through a lot of things I hate on this episode. People who are stubborn about things being adapted. The idea yeah. of something being adapted is that it a bit changes. It changes form. It's different. Like this is different. This is an adaption of both poo, the Disney poo, and the book poo. It's different from both of them. It's not the same as either. And I think the people that rub against it are the people who want one of those things and get something that's a little different. And this is new, it's different, it's original, it should be different. People are like, oh, you know, they, uh, they changed X and Y from the book. It's like, yes, they're adapting something. They should change it. Adapting should only intend to keep the spirit of the thing. If it loses the spirit of the thing, then that is a problem. 
Like, like it, uh, that's the reason I had a problem with the, the, the Superman adaptations, the Zack, Zack Snyder ones, because I think they lose the spirit of the character uh, when he kills people and abandons basically the moral superiority, the symbol. The Superman is a symbol. But uh, people who are like, oh, they change things. So, so-and-so is a woman now, or this character was left out, or this plot storyline was different. It's like, it should be. You're adapting something. But there's a rant for a different day, which I, well, for today, really, I just went on it. So the future of Pooh remains kind of uncertain. He's not very often used. Like they do. He's do not it. like Mickey Mouse as well. Like yeah. he's kind of there. There was plans for a Mickey Mouse film, but um, I think they do a lot more like young kid stuff with Pooh though. Yeah, like like kids TV shows and stuff like that. Mm. But I would like to see more of the animated films because I think he is one of their their best characters in terms of the, the source material. It's quite it's quite rich. You know, and Jim Cummings is brilliant. Yeah, his, his poo is just—it's just fantastic. Actually, they had Chris O'Dowd to play Tigger, and he was replaced after test screenings yeah. by Jim Cummings, who originally did Tigger. Well, maybe I originally did Tigger, but he's the current voice of Tigger. Yeah, so apparently he sounded very jestery. Um, mm, I can see that, but I—I I think like because they had Peter McCall, Peter uh, Peter Capaldi playing Owl, they had a a rabbit. Rabbit. He's a rabbit. Yeah. They had a bunch of other people. They had Brad Garrett in there as well. Toby Jones played. And I, I think, like, the rest of the characters' voices aren't as iconic as Poos and Tiggers are. Yeah. So I think if people saw the wonderful thing about Tiggers, is this, you know, and, and it's different, yeah. I think people would rub the wrong way against that because in their head there's a way Poo sounds and there's a way Tigger sounds. And I don't know how he, like, I know Jim Cummings is, uh, you know, a very seasoned voice actor. And he's one of those guys, if you go on his Wikipedia page, he's in everything. He's done everything. But like I just I just I'm trying to fathom how he gets the poo voice like because he he imbues it with such a kind of like like a, a childlike wonder and a kind of a kind of a, a softness but also kind of a, a raspiness I don't know how he does it it's, yeah, it's, so... it's a very good voice his poo is tremendous that's it like this, the reason this film is so funny is because his poo delivery is so good yeah like, if you had another actor there trying to do that I don't think it would work he he's just, he gets he just gets poo he gets poo's kind of stupid sincerity yeah i would watch poo do stand up yeah so would i <laughs> just just having random observations what about bicycles oh bother <laughs> so gar the, the big test would you recommend that people shell out their money and see this film yes it's probably not in cinemas for much longer so it's probably already out of u.s cinemas go see it yeah kids are just going back to school this is the last proper weekend a lot of them will have so mm. Take the kids if they don't like it. This episode will be released late on Sunday, so it's too late. But it's too late. But like, uh, bunk off school. Take the kids. Yeah, quit. uh, Give up on the first day of school and and take the kids to Winnie the Pooh. They might not want to see it, but you will, and you will enjoy it immensely. Okay, you silly old bears. That's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to click play or download on the podcast. You can find a new episode usually every weekend. Hopefully. And uh, we, we pivoted the weekend, so it's like one of the days. One of the days. Ken didn't get much sleep yesterday, so poor Ken. That was week before you could do podcasts. I can sick also, guys, so you're not the only one making me sick. I'm the only one that's allowed to be sick, fine. Check us out at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. That's where you'll find our other show, Podcast A Week. Yeah. Ish. I have two, uh, two episodes in the can. I just had to edit them. How long have they been in the can? One of them is January. God. (laughs) The entire back catalogue is also available of the weekend show and our other subsidiary shows. 
Weehan shows. And podcasts a day. Podcasts a day before it dies. Terrible idea. Never do a podcast a day. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud so you never miss any of the podcasts on the TWS network. Speaking of which, if you love the show and you need to let people know in an exuberant fashion, you can leave us a review for the TWS network on iTunes. It's really the best way to spread the word and bring new listeners to the show. I mean, we're big in Amsterdam, we're big in Kathmandu, but we would like to be big all over, wouldn't we? As Gar ignores me. Yeah, listener podcast, love you. Gar, get off Twitter, we're doing an outro here. You're doing the outro, I just say, pop up and say, at TWSKK and goodbye everybody. That's my, those are my contributions to the outro. If you write us a review in appreciation, we will send you a stamped address envelope. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. At TWSKK. Oh, sorry, I wasn't listening. The paying off a gag. <laughs> Ken's kind of mad. He's not debating so whether or not to actually redo it. I was debating whether to flip over the table or not. <laughs> Feel free to reach out with any comments, queries, questions, or concerns, or even requests. If you want to hear something on the show, hear us ramble on about something, let us know. We'd be happy to. I'm also on Twitter at Ken Kidney and Gar is on Twitter at Garrett Kidney. I have very good numbers now during all in last night. Good for me. You have very good numbers, what? Nice. Well, it's personal Twitter. Well done, Gar. I know they're not very easy handles to remember, but I'm sure you can handle it. Well, Get it? Very handle good, it? Very good wordplay there. On our next show, see how to do that, Gar? Didn't say next week, just in case. Just get, get off your phone. <laughs> We'll definitely have a show next week. What's it about? We resurrect our annual autumn slash fall TV preview. Mm. So we'll talk about The Good Place. We'll talk about some other stuff. Some big news broke last week in relation to a long-running sitcom. So we'll talk about that as well. Now you're dying. Good. Good riddance, I'd say. Anyway. It's Big Bang Theory. No spoilers. You said no that the world hasn't found out about Big Bang Theory ending. We have yeah. the exclusive news next week. We were going to break it to the world and you spoiled it. <laughs> we were brought to you this week by our sponsor, Honey. That's Honey. H-U-N-N-Y. Oh, I, th- I thought they were talking about your stupid dog. <laughs> I was like, I'd be furious if your dog was sponsoring our podcast. She has deep pockets. <laughs> Don't upset her. She's a very powerful dog. Uh, That's Honey. H-U-N-N-Y. For when you're rumbly and you're tumbly. Our theme music is by Blue Wild Productions. And until next time, say goodbye, girl. Bye, everybody. Take it easy, everybody. Bye.